Welcome to Between the Gutters, the podcast where we talk about the stories within the panels. I'm your co-host, Drew Tan, and I'm accompanied with Albert Lamb. The other co-host. The other co-host. <laughs> That's right. Amiable Albert Lamb. Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> is that the movie we're here to talk about today? That is not the movie that we are here to talk about, but I suppose if I have five minutes, we can do a podcast on that. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Captain Marvel! <laughs> so today, we are here to talk about Avengers Endgame. It's the movie that came out recently. You might have heard about it. Hopefully, uh, you've already seen it. We're gonna have a lot of spoilers in this conversation, but yeah. uh, before we begin, we'll, we'll, we'll try to have a brief, spoiler-free little mini-review. So yeah. You can still listen. Um, we don't want to turn away any listeners. We yeah. like our listens. Please keep on listening. Yeah. Uh, so we love you, listeners. Yeah, we'll give you a brief, maybe you know, short review of just our overall impression of the film, and you know, whether you should go check it out or not. You know, we'll see how this turns out. Cool. So, Albert, what are your overall impressions of Avengers Endgame? So, I will admit that I don't think I liked it as much as Infinity War. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, I think there are story elements to Infinity War that were just a little tighter and a little more, uh, not necessarily fleshed out, but just put together, just a little more put together. Uh, I will admit that there were a lot of things that they did in Endgame where as a fan going into it, you kind of knew that they were going to have to do some stuff with the story that, you know, the good guys that, that are going to give the good guys a chance. And that, that might result in holes in logic or plot holes or mm-hmm. little things like that. Yeah. So, um, those things, I mean, if you're a stickler, uh, for, for maintaining that level of consistency, then, you know, maybe that's not for you. Uh, maybe, but, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, but I will say that uh, the things that I did like about it, I liked a lot more than the things that irked me or the things that I noticed. Mm-hmm. It, it's, if you're just looking for a fun uh, summer time. Ex, uh, spectacle explosion of a movie. I, I think this movie has all those elements. There are definitely scenes that just gave me a lot of joy just to see. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like it, it was enough for me to, I wouldn't say like overlook or ignore the things that I did notice where I was like, uh, I don't know if that's right or not, but it was enough for me to still enjoy the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yourself, Drew? Uh, for me personally, I think I would say I, I enjoyed it as much as, if not more, than Infinity War. Ooh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so, so we, we watched the movie Thursday night when it first came out. We're recording this episode on Saturday. I think after we record this, you're going to go watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm meeting some people after this to watch it again. See? Yeah. But that says something. Yeah, exactly. I'm, if, if I didn't have some appreciation for it, I wouldn't go again. Yeah. So, for, for me, this movie is definitely something where I was thinking about it a lot. 
not necessarily trying to uh, grasp things that or make sense of things that I couldn't make sense of, although there was a little bit of that. But I think it was just something that I enjoyed just because it kind of hits that that superhero sweet spot. Yeah. Like, there's always going to be a part of me that believes... No, I mean, I definitely believe that comic books are the ideal medium for superhero fiction. Yeah. But a movie like this is enough to, you know, kind of give me pause in the sense that, hey, other another medium can do a really good superhero story too, yeah. you know? and It can still be enjoyable. Yeah, and, it, and it's really enjoyable for what it is. It's very entertaining, I think the the concept of this movie, and, and I'm trying again. I'm trying not to spoil anything, so I'm trying to be careful with what I'm saying. Uh, I think it's going to be very rare. I don't even know if we'll ever see a movie that's comparable to this movie, just because I can't think of a movie where you had twenty other films kind of preceding it, yeah, and it all sort of. Like, this, this is, is the, the culmination com- yeah. of a big deal. It's a culmination of a yeah. big deal, exactly. Yeah. And I, as far as I can tell, I can't think of any other, like, movies that have done anything. Like, there have been franchises that have gone on for a long time. Yeah. Was James Bond or Star Trek or whatever. But, like, those movies sort of exist either in their own or within, like, a trilogy sort yeah. of uh, format. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have there's build up and then uh it's there's a payoff but it's it's to a much smaller degree and uh you don't you definitely don't have the aspect of a shared world so like again like James Bond it's just James Bond and yeah. with uh Star Trek it's just Star Trek so this idea yeah the the just the uh just the exercise of it to get we're going to tell you know what 20 or something unrelated stories but find a way to get them all together yeah and tell one massive story where all of their individual plot elements come together to give resolution in this one final movie yeah that's crazy man yeah it's pretty crazy when we last year when we did our episode on infinity war one of the things i think we discussed was how the infinity war movie felt like an event comic so i would definitely continue along those lines where endgame also feels like a major event it's almost like you can't really you can't really review or judge this movie the way you would judge or review a traditional movie because true because like if on the off chance that there's somebody out there who actually wants to watch this movie but has never seen any other Marvel movie. If this is the first Marvel movie yeah. that they've ever seen. Do I think it's possible that they'll enjoy it? Yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah. But is it possible that they'll be confused? Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. They won't achieve the full or maximum intended effect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I would say that this movie tells its own story that's self contained. Yeah. Like you can just start watching the movie. Maybe you didn't watch Infinity War or any of those other ones, but you start in this movie and clearly you under you can easily comprehend that oh something horrific has happened to the world and now things are different yeah and 
these are the people that are still around and what what are they going to do next yeah and that that is a simple idea that you can comprehend but the thing is you might not understand the significance of who these people are yeah. or even or the who they are of their relationships the dy- yeah their relationships yeah. or their characterizations yeah but if you've already seen even just a handful of the previous movies it's it's not rocket science so i don't think you're going to be yeah, completely yeah, yeah. lost you know you you'll be able to kind of figure things out and I think if you enjoy it... We trust it, our listeners. Yeah. We trust some people <laughs> to have the the brain power to, yeah. uh, to make sense of it. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take a genius to yeah. really make sense of it. Yeah. But uh, I think that there is something to be said about appreciating Endgame, the movie, as uh, the ultimate work of serialized storytelling in movies because in in a way marvel the marvel cinematic universe what they've done with their line of their franchise of movies is quite similar and comparable to what the comics do which is comics tell yeah, these I, constant I so these yep. constant stories everybody's got their own series and you read uh re- you read the serials over a period of time and then every so often there's a big event story where yeah. a bunch of the different characters end up interacting. And then in the movies, they've actually been able to replicate that maybe uh, to a different degree just because the different movie franchises, they still need to tell sort of this iconic or timeless story in and of themselves. So in terms of serialization, it's not like a soap opera like yeah. the way that comics can be. But you, you, you still get that constant progress. And and as you watch all the Marvel movies, which started back in, what, 2008, I think, Is with it? Iron Man? Yeah. So, like, every all these oh, movies, okay. you know, like, they... That makes sense. They've it's sort been of, 10 years of Marvel movies. Yeah. yeah okay. they've, they've all taken place sort of in real time, right? So, yeah. like, each movie takes place in the year that it actually comes out. And then Infinity War was in 2018. So... Now you got Endgame, and I thought it was a really good way to tie things up. Like, everything comes together. There might be some... Like, obviously, with the cast this large, not everybody is going to have a whole great depth amount of depth uh, devoted to their character. But you get enough. Yeah. Like, I I never felt like I was unsatisfied with the amount of uh, lines or screen time that specific characters got. Like, I was just happy to enjoy the ride. Yeah. And I think if you're willing to enjoy a spectacle, you can definitely appreciate this movie. Okay. Okay. Well put, well put. And I think that about sums it up in terms of our spoiler-free yeah, section. I think so. We I, I feel satisfied with our, uh, you know, spoiler-free review of it. So from this point forward, we enter the realm of... Spoiler full. Yep. This <laughs> so, is spoiler full. This is unabashed. We're gonna be balls to the walls yep. on this one. Commando style. Yeah, we're so in honor of that, we've both taken off our underwear and we're just gonna talk about this like the primitives that we are. Yeah. It's yeah. very primal. It's very very primal, primal because uh-huh. we are not gonna be held back with yeah. any sense of propriety. Yeah. We are just gonna unleash it all the full fury and glory of all that we are and is and be yeah i'm gonna beat my chest and i'm gonna like pull on my chest hair i don't have chest hairs (laughs) but 
I'm just gonna hoot and holler, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna do a lot of like animal sounds. <laughs> a lot of that. So okay, yeah. Albert like movie good. <laughs> <laughs> So, Albert, tell me... Ahuga! Ahuga! <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe put it back in your pants now. Put it back in your pants. Rolling it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Albert, what are... Let's talk a little bit about uh, what you saw as any potential influences on this film. What are... Let's have a little bit of context about this movie before we really dive into the nuts and bolts of the actual film. See, that's the interesting thing. I was uh, thinking about it, and uh, if you've seen Infinity War, it's fair to say that a large... Me and you, we've had this discussion, but you can kind of point... You, you can point to comics that are directly related or you can tell what comics that they pulled references from or story elements from with this it's a little harder for me to say and that they pulled anything huge from any one particular story yeah there there were things that i noticed where you could tell that they pulled references from uh kind of things that are currently happening in I, I'm I'm uh, hesitant to say modern comics, but more modern comics. So, uh, for example, there's a scene where Iron Man develops his version of the Infinity Gauntlet, mm -hmm. which is built into his Iron Man suit, and that was that design is based on a Brian Michael Bendis design that he uh, did. John Romita Jr. or John Romita Jr. design that he did for during, New Avengers. Yeah, during Bendis's run. During Bendis's run, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another thing. It's it's a bunch of little things, but like there's this really brief scene where they're doing a essentially a conference call with holograms and uh -huh. Captain Marvel. It's a almost a throwaway scene, but she says there you can tell that there's a moment between her and Rhodey, and they did in recent uh, comics they had a relationship with yeah. one another. So I noticed that. Um, What's another thing? Uh, yeah, even even at the very end, uh, there are things where you can tell that in terms of the direction or like where, and and we'll talk about this later. But just in terms of where they want to go or where I think they might be going with the movies moving forward, that's definitely stuff that they pulled from uh, really really pretty recent Marvel comics, mm -hmm. like you know. Uh, yeah, I'll, well, I'll save that for later, but uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, did you have any thoughts? In terms of comic books that influenced the movie, I don't really think that there were any specific comics. Yeah. Like, I couldn't pin it down. I mean, obviously, like you said, there are different elements of comics here and there yeah. that you could see them. I don't know if they were intentionally trying to do shout-outs or whatnot, but yeah. you could see certain things. Like... It, it's based on comics, so you can't yeah. help it, right? I mean, obviously, you wouldn't have this if you didn't have uh, the Infinity, Infinity Gauntlet, Gauntlet or something. Yeah. Um, but in all honesty, the way I saw this movie, this was more influenced by the past 10 years of Marvel movies more yeah. than anything. Yeah. Like, it was clearly 
a, sh- a giant shout out and a giant love letter to everything the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. itself. It, yeah. it, it's, it was almost, as I was watching it, I was kind of struck by how it was almost sort of this navel-gazing experience where it's just a massive flex, you know? Yeah. Like, this is our biggest movie, the most anticipated movie in modern times. Yeah. And we're going to spend half this movie reflecting back on all the other great yeah. movies we've made. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that's that's a mind-blowing idea. Like, who would be that... It's almost like... If that, if that didn't work, that would be the most conceited <laughs> right? decision yeah. ever, you know? Yeah. It's it's like we made so many great movies. We just want to remind you about some of the great movies we've yeah. made. So just enjoy, yeah, this deep dive into our past. We'll even we're even gonna make you guys watch Thor two again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's a really good point because I I did just I was thinking about it just while you were talking about it, but uh, yeah, it it in its own way by being its own thing, it. It's or I find that acceptable because you could tell that again they're just taking this as an opportunity to celebrate mm-hmm. everything that they've done up to this point. Yeah, and I don't. I actually don't have a problem with that. Yeah, you know, because it's been it's like that yearbook quote where someone writes, "It's been a long, strange, wonderful journey" or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But it has, you know, like it, all those different experiences all those different movies all the different stories that we've been told for the past 10 years building up to this and for them to take time travel as a device to jump back and forth to just all the various moments in their past Mm -hmm. like it's clever it's clever yeah can you think of any other stories marvel stories where the heroes had to deal with the aftermath after they failed to save the world or something major like that? The uh, one that I can think of or the first one that pops to mind is Age of Ultron. Okay, Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's a story where Ultron basically wins and he he takes over the world using all of his his army of Ultrons and it's, it's pretty simple but Uh, a large part of that story is about the Avengers existing in the aftermath of that world and on some level you kind of see a lot of very similar tropes which are you know things like survivors have to form a resistance and Mm -hmm. people move underground and uh, you know uh, life goes on but you know people are just it's almost sort disheveled of the, the, or whatever. the typical dystopian future where yeah. humanity is overrun by yeah. evil robots yeah but or inter- some sort of catastrophe yeah. it doesn't even have to be evil robots quite honestly it's good you brought up a- the age of ultron comic because that comic also involves uh time travel yeah in in that story because ultron has taken over the planet wolverine and invisible woman which is kind of a funny combination, it right? It is, it is. Wolverine goes back in time thinking that he's going to kill Hank Pym, the creator of Ultron, before yeah. he creates Ultron. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with a lot of these stories, um, unfortunately, I think time travel is the answer, but well, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll talk, talk about that more uh, at some point, but mm-hmm. um, like, it, it usually feels like that's the solution to... I really 
feel like for a lot of writers, it's their way of having their cake and eating it too. Um, because they want to tell a story that feels like it has lasting consequences or they can kind of show, oh, this is what the world looks like when, you know, it gives you the dramatic effect of your heroes losing. Yeah. But then it also gives the bottom line the chance of undoing all that and resetting the status quo. So as a re or, or as for a lot of readers, it's like, oh man, that was so dramatic and that was so this and that and you get that effect. Yeah. But then they just undo it and everything just kind of goes back. But anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The other story that I thought of was uh, in Uncanny Avengers by Rick Remender. Uh Uh-huh. There's that story where Apocalypse's children, basically these, he, it's actually uh, Archangel. There was a story in Uncanny X-Force where Archangel had, he was basically the seed of Apocalypse and, and, turned into Apocalypse, yeah. essentially, and fathered uh, some twins who were then taken to the future and grown to adulthood. So They're harbingers of doom. They're harbingers of doom. Yeah. Um, anyway, long story short, uh, the Apocalypse twins come back to the present Marvel uh, universe. They awaken an ancient celestial who somehow ends up uh, destroying the Earth, literally, like the story ends with this celestial blowing so, up the earth. Yeah, the celestial is you know this is a, a, a uh, cosmic being that's approximate in size it's the or size of, power of Galactus yeah, or something, yeah. right? So it, it's if you don't this know massive, comics, it's just huge. It's basically it can hold the earth like an apple. Can it? Can it? Isn't it that big? Well, or? Galactus isn't that big. Oh, okay, that's true. Well. You're right. I guess it You're depends right. on oh. on the art, but usually yeah. celestials are like th- this celestial. Okay, no, this right. celestial right. was right. this celestial was bigger than others. I think. Okay. Because just the way that I remember it from the art, I don't have the comic in front of me right now, but yeah. But just the way I remember it, it, it was like a really powerful celestial, yeah. and it ended up blowing up the planet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, like I remember reading that for the first time, and I was like, "What the." Okay. <laughs> it's like everybody's done. The universe now. is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course there's a handful of survivors who who end up, you know, it's like Thor and Wasp and Havoc. I forget who all survived, but so these other handful of characters end up teaming up with Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. And and he's a time traveler character and yeah. they end up setting things right. So yeah, I mean, obviously, time travel is just one of those things, those devices that you always resort to when you do things like blow up the Earth. <laughs> you know, because it's, it's kind yeah. of hard for the rest of the Marvel Universe to go on if the yeah. planet is, you know... In- if they are all truly tied together, then yeah. why is Spider-Man still fighting muggers in New York City? <laughs> <laughs> What does that matter anymore? <laughs> <laughs> and when I say destroy the earth, I don't mean he's just like caused great upheaval and messed up the continents or anything. I mean... It's in tiny pieces. <laughs> yeah, the entire planet was in tiny pieces. <laughs> it was just a bunch of boulders and asteroids floating in yeah, space. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Okay. Do you want to go into the story and the plot breakdown of it? Yeah, yeah, we should talk about uh, the story of Endgame. One thing I I liked about the movie was the opening, 
the opening scene with Hawkeye and yeah. his family. That was that was a really well done scene. Just one of those scenes where you know it's a simple scene and you know his family's gonna get snapped out of existence. Yeah. And you're just kind of waiting for that moment. Yeah. So giving them that minute or two of hey, we're just we're having a family picnic. Yeah. Like you, you get to imagine what yeah. it's like to sort of be in that situation where you're just enjoying your day, going about your business, having a good time with your family and, and friends, and all of a sudden something that you don't even comprehend has happened. And people and are like, just gone yeah, all of a sudden. Like how, yeah. That's a pretty wild thought. And yeah. one of the things about superhero fiction is the stakes are higher. You know, like it, it's always like, this isn't necessarily a realistic scenario, but I feel that when superhero fiction is done well, the emotional responses to the crazy things that happen, that's what makes the story work for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's human, right? What, yeah. what, what is the point of all this devastation if there isn't emotional context attached to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I get that. Um, yeah, like, so... If you've seen uh, Infinity War, you know that at the end of Infinity War, Thanos snaps his fingers with the Infinity uh, Stones (laughs) and basically causes half the population to disappear Mm -hmm. um, as part of his plan to create cosmic balance. Um, So this movie picks up in the aftermath of that with Thanos essentially... uh, with the Avengers essentially living in a world that has lost half of it or not just a world but a universe that has lost yeah. half its population so right in the beginning um they do what heroes do they they're trying to right that wrong and right at the very beginning the opening scene or not even opening scene but uh after the credits they go after they get tony stark they go mm-hmm. they find thanos and they they execute him more or less and as a viewer, it sort of gives you this uh, this brief moment of at least we did that. I guess it's like very short lived satisfaction. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the thing that I, I I liked about this movie was that after they killed him, like the the thought was that they they would get the Infinity Stones from from him after they find him and they mm-hmm. would undo this catas- catastrophe but the thing was Thanos has used the infinity stones the powers of the infinity stones to destroy themselves mm-hmm. so that they no longer exist by the way yeah. i just want to make it known that that's not how the infinity gems work in the comics yes yes yeah. stones so when when <laughs> the infinity stones Okay, in the comics, they're called the Infinity Gems, or at least they were. Uh, I think the comics might have actually changed changed it to to match the movies, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Any purist will tell you that that's not the way things should be. Yeah. But in the comics, uh, there there was a story where uh, the heroes, uh, they were called the Illuminati. Yeah. Basically, these... Important it was a secret heroes. society of it's, superheroes. Yeah, a secret society of superheroes. That, the elite superheroes of the Marvel Universe, I yeah, guess. The yeah, the elite superheroes who believe that they alone could protect the universe from the most powerful and unimaginable threats yeah. uh, to existence, which would include the Infinity Gauntlet. So you have 
Mr. Fantastic, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, uh, Beast. Black Bolt. Uh, Beast wasn't with that, that group iteration. yet, but but yeah. it was Professor Xavier. Uh, I think that was it. And Namor. Namor was, was it there. Professor Xavier? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess it, it was, was Professor Xavier. Xavier. Yeah. So th they actually obtained the Infinity Gems, yeah. assembled them, and Reed Richards, the uh, Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four, put on the Infinity Gauntlet, and there's a scene of him where he's just got his hand flexed into a fist and he's just staring intently and everybody he's trying to stand around it. and everybody's like what are you doing and he's he says i was trying to will the gems out of existence but they won't let me do that like i guess explaining he goes on to explain that that's not how they work they can't you can't use the gems to destroy the gems yeah that way you can't will them out of existence and i think the only time that the gems were ever destroyed was during a Hickman's run on New Avengers when a different iteration of the Illuminati was trying to prevent these incursions from alternate realities from overlapping and thereby destroying all of existence. They assembled the Infinity Gauntlet, gave Captain America because he had the strongest will, gave it to him and asked him to push, basically push back another reality, another reality. Yeah. And he, he was successful, but the, the force of that, battle ended up causing all of the gems ex to shatter except for the time gem which ended up just getting lost in time yeah so we've never really the idea of the infinity stones or the infinity gauntlet being used to destroy destroy themselves when that happened in the movie i was about to stand up and be like that's not how it works <laughs> you're wrong and then i would have kicked the person in front of me like <laughs> Just as an outlet for my frustration. Like, I know that that person had nothing to do with, like, why I felt bad, but it would have made me feel better. <laughs> you hear that, chump? <laughs> I would have grabbed this bucket of popcorn and just thrown it all over the floor. You're suffering for their sins. <laughs> yeah, but, so, Thanos does use the... Well, okay, so for... For the purposes of the movie, they they do have to change some of the logic mm -hmm. uh, or the internal physics of just their universe in order to progress the story, really. Um, because otherwise, if he did have the gems, they'd go there, they'd kill him, they'd get the gems, then they'd undo it. So you'd essentially... Well, you'd have to rewrite the story or you'd have no story. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Or so... Um, so the, so when they... After they kill Thanos, they, there's sort of a brief moment where they just kind of it's a hollow victory for them yeah they're like we won but what did we win half the universe is still dead we couldn't undo it and that's just kind of it and it jumps five years into the future and we live in a world where the universe has lived with this reality for five years and we just see how the world has changed uh in that time frame mm -hmm. and you can see that a lot of people are just emotionally devastated by this entire uh ordeal um so should i just tell the story sure yeah so I'll, I'll i'll be as brief as possible but essentially we can talk about the story and we can add our commentary where necessary okay sounds good so um what ends up happening is if you saw the ant-man movie you'll see that prior to the snap Ant-Man was 
sucked into something called the quantum realm, Mm -hmm. which was uh, essentially an energy realm or place that existed outside of time. Mm -hmm. And uh, at this point in the movie, a device activates and Ant-Man re-enters our world. And from there... A rat reactivates the device. (laughs) Okay, a rat reactivates the device and the machine shoots him back into our world. We had this funny conversation earlier where, where Albert was like, I didn't get how Ant-Man came back to yeah. reality. Well, the thing was, I told myself that he, because of everything that they learned from the Ant-Man movie, he found his way back. But if you watch that scene, it literally looks like this truck where the device was is locked up in cold storage. Yeah. And a rat like is crawling on the keypad and the, activates the machine. Yeah. So that rat is either the smartest... Or luckiest rat in the universe. That, that rat saved <laughs> yeah. the universe, man. Yeah. That rat is the unsung <laughs> hero of Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I, I hope he gets the recognition that he yeah. deserves. I hope they make Funko Pops out of him. They give him a medal. They gotta give him a medal. <laughs> yeah. He needs his own comic book series. Yeah. And we need to know what happened to the rat, yeah. you know? Like... Yeah. Did, did he get reunited with his family after yeah, everyone yeah. came back? Exactly. Like, how, how's he doing now? I need a sequel focused on the <laughs> rat that saved the universe. <laughs> so earlier, if you listen to the uh, spoiler-free review, you'll when I mentioned that there was stuff in the movie where there were like just bits of moments where the logic was like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> that, that probably was one of them for me. <laughs> but, but you don't think a rat could randomly... <laughs> <laughs> Like what if what if you had a rat, you know, walk across your keyboard? He could unlock it, unlock your computer. Yeah, sure. I mean, okay. If the entire um, basis of the movie hinges on that, I-, I can't say that that's something that personally appeals to me. But okay. Well, technically, it there's, does hinge on this act. There's there's a one in a million chance yeah. that that could happen. And if we if you watched. Um, Batman v Superman. If there's even a one percent chance that that could happen, we have to take it as an absolute certainty. Yeah. So, I have to assume that this rat, given access to any computer, is going to be able to do anything and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Plus, it was, plus it was the quantum <laughs> realm, right? So, the idea of quantum physics means it, it should imply that you know everything is yeah. possible because there are no possibilities that are locked out. Yeah. You're, you want to see that everything exists at the same time. So the one yeah. percent. Rat that actually is smart enough to luck into unlocking the device. You know, that rat exists. <laughs> you hear that, Marvel Comics? I want to hear about Quantum Rat. Yeah, <laughs> Quantum Rat. That's a good name. <laughs> we need we need this to happen. I need to see Quantum Rat in his own series. <laughs> Quantum Rat, you are the hero that we need. <laughs> and the hero that we deserve. <laughs> So, anyways, Ant Man comes back to a world where, um, where where the snap has happened, and he's he has to catch up on everything that's happened, yeah. and he has to find out about Thanos, and he has to find out about uh, the devastation that's wrought uh, post the snap. Mm-hmm. Um, but after after that, he realizes that everything that he's learned in the quantum realm can actually be used to their advantage. And he seeks out the Avengers. Yeah. And, uh, with the information that he's gained, he essentially tells them we can use the quantum realm as a means of traveling back in time and performing a time heist where we steal 
the gems in all of the various parts of the past 10 years from all the various movies, Mm -hmm. we can get them and we can use the gems, create our own gauntlet and undo everything that's been done. Yeah. And, uh, this is, I thought this was kind of interesting at this point where, cause this is where they discussed time travel logic. And I think for the purposes of the movie, they had to establish their own time travel rules. Most, most time travel stories do have to do that. Yeah. So, um, they, they established that this wasn't like other time travel stories where it was a matter of, oh, we're going to go back in time, undo this and, uh, just by the very act of doing that, that would resolve our problem. So essentially what they were, the way that I perceive or the way that I've understood that their explanation of time travel is time is essentially always moving forward. And by going back in time, all they've done is they've taken that part of the past and they've tacked it onto the onto the front end of it Mm -hmm. so that essentially the things that have happened already have already happened, but you're not undoing it. You're just, uh, reshuffling essentially uh, or or duplicating almost creating a parallel timeline yeah exactly yeah so things are just constantly moving forward um, they, they they establish a counter logic in that they can't keep the gems because they still have to return the gems after the fact to their original points of origin because those gems are required to be where they are in order to defend those Timelines. Um, timelines or yeah. alternate realities. I mean, technically, the Avengers didn't have to do that. Like, they could have been jerks. They, yeah, they could have been jerks and just be like, we saved our reality, guys. Screw the rest of those realities. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my Avengers. <laughs> the Dick Avengers. <laughs> but the actual Avengers are heroes, so they yeah. had to go back and put them back. Yeah. So, okay, I mean, that's, that's kind of one of the dicier elements of the story and um so I, yeah i felt that it was important to kind of explain their time travel logic yeah. just so we can move on yeah so the rest of the movie is about them going back to different various points in uh the in their his in their past uh getting the the infinity stones from where they were able to get them mm-hmm. and um reassembling the infinity gauntlet to undo in their present, the catastrophe of the snap. Yeah. But then, you know, um, as, as, as stories go, like things all don't always end up going according to plan. And a past version of Thanos is able to get or glean information that, uh, from, from their time travel that, a future version of himself was able to succeed and mm-hmm. they're trying to undo it. Mm-hmm. So that version of Thanos is able to come to the present and essentially he wants to stop them from stop the Avengers from using this new infinity gauntlet to undo mm-hmm. the uh to undo the event that his older future self has already created. His older future self. Yeah comics everybody yeah exactly (laughs) i hope that makes sense to you because (laughs) that that took everything that i had in me to explain and i went to a technical college (laughs) shout out to my fellow devry university heads (laughs) way to go fighting devry's (laughs) 
Way to go, fighting fry cooks. <laughs> Brought to you by our sponsors at DeVry College. <laughs> so, um, the movie culminates with, um, or the movie uh, ends up with, essentially, or it ends up with a giant battle between Thanos and his hordes and the Marvel, all the Marvel heroes, mm-hmm. or... Uh, yeah, all the Marvel heroes, but prior to uh, Thanos' arrival, there's a moment where they're able to use the gauntlet and they they succeed in bringing everyone back. Mm-hmm. And But Thanos, seeing this, is going to try to get the gauntlet again to re-undo what they just did. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this giant battle between the heroes that are currently there and Thanos. And it all goes, it all builds to this one amazing moment where the heroes, you think that the heroes that are there have lost Mm -hmm. to Thanos and he's standing there with, his vast, endless hordes of armies behind him, and he's just opened a, bu- a portal and just re- he's prepared to unleash his entire the entirety of his army upon the earth. But then suddenly, Captain Mar- America gets this signal, and we get this moment where all these portals open up, and we see all of the returned heroes, mm-hmm. all of their armies, all of the forces that they've marshaled over the past 10 years, and everyone is back, and it just is this glorious, massive battle yep. between the forces of good and evil. That that whole scene was the equivalent of like the Brian Hitch four-page, splash page in Ultimates. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, yeah, like yeah. where you just have like this wide shot scene of everybody coming out ready to do battle and you know the chaos is about to be unleashed it's 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 the lord of the rings of marvel superhero (laughs) yeah comic battles you know yeah yeah if that makes sense but yeah um so that that pretty much sums up most of the story i mean there's stuff at the end but uh, i I imagine that we'll talk about those in greater detail as we Mm -hmm. Uh, break down the individual uh, story elements or that we want to right. either celebrate or whatever. Denigrate. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what are your thoughts on how they approached the time travel aspect? So, with me, the thing about it is I have never been a huge fan of time travel as a story device. I, I always do feel like if you want to tell a story, you should be willing to live with the consequences of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and time travel as a device is always a means of, like I said earlier, it's a means of having your cake and eating it too. Mm-hmm. That isn't to say that there aren't smaller consequences that uh, that are produced as a result of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times the consequences are more emotional or more yeah they're they're more emotional and they're more built into like individual character development yeah yeah but uh, i i guess i'm just i just overall i i generally prefer 
stories where if you're going to tell a story about the end of the world, then I want the end of the world, you know? And um, moving forward, we'll just really have to live in a universe where the world ended, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But uh, for the purposes of Endgame, I will say that the way that they use time travel really felt like it was more than just a means to an end. Mm-hmm. It was really... <clears throat> you, I, I really felt like the point of the time travel was really twofold. It was, one, to resolve the issue, but it was the more subversive uh, interpretation of its uses. Look, this is the end of... more or less the end of Phase 3, and we've had 10 years of movies, and what better way to celebrate it than for us to go and revisit all these all the all the great moments yeah. that made us what we are today. Yeah. And for that reason I can actually appreciate the time travel elements of this story. So it's yeah, it, it's not just some hacky terminator 2 like or uh, back to Man, the future. you think Terminator 2 is hacky? <laughs> I don't think it's hacky, but like you take that back. Alvin. <laughs> I take you it take, back. I okay. take it back. Thank I like you. Terminator Thank 2, you. but okay. Um, but what I was trying to say was that every movie since Terminator has tried, even the Terminator sequels have tried to <laughs> use Terminator 2 uh, or the logic of Terminator 2, and I think that's hacky. Okay. To be oh, fair, that, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, um, so. Yeah, so it, it's not a, a hacky use of time travel as just, see guys, we fixed it all, we did it, you know? <laughs> so so I do think that the uh, more story or, or the more, um, in, I guess the, the, the intended use of it as a means of just revisiting all these old moments, I, I do think that that's a purpose that I can get behind and that's a purpose that I appreciate and it came as a surprise to me you know um I think I don't think I fully was understanding it as I was watching it that that was what was happening but as the movie progressed and like you know sitting in the theater when it ended it was like oh yeah man I really it was fun getting to see all those great moments again yeah and going back to it and understanding that this was the ride that they wanted to take us on, which was, you know, it's been a fun ride, guys. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Um, the other thing about it that I wanted to mention was if time travel is a means of having their cake and eating it too, they've developed their own internal logic for them to have their cake and eat it too and then have their cake again. Yeah. <laughs> because they wanted to tell a story where, okay, we're going to... Ex- by the end of the story... Five years have already passed, and we're going to mm-hmm. live in a world where the snap happened. We're not going to take it back, and people are going to live with the reality that five years have passed and that they had to go through this experience. Yep. So uh, by building their time travel logic so that they explain that we're not undoing things. What we're doing is we're building onto the the present Mm-hmm. So when you go back in time, you're not really going back in time to undo it. You're going back in time to an alternate timeline to correct the present. Yeah. So again, it's their, it's them having their cake, eating it too, and then having their cake again. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they were basically able to undo the catastrophe without completely ignoring the consequences of yeah. the catastrophe. Yeah. And 
if we're gonna say that Infinity Gauntlet, the comic, was an influence, even that, even though they didn't have time travel in that in that story, the way that that comic ended was that they they Thanos was able to make half the universe disappear. Mm-hmm. The remaining heroes go after him, and they fail. Mm-hmm. But even at the end of that entire ordeal, it took one person to undo that to mm-hmm. get a hold of the gauntlet, and she essentially just undid it and from what i remember there was a moment where all the heroes just suddenly reappeared back to where they were but yeah they had no idea that it had happened i think i just reread the infinity gauntlet yeah. earlier this week and how it's uh, played is some of the heroes have remember? absolutely no memory of yeah. it some heroes have just this nagging sense that something is yeah, amiss yeah, yeah, yeah. and then a few a handful of heroes like thor they know it what happened. Yeah, they they actually remember yeah. the th- events, but they're just frustrated because they weren't able to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, on that level, like, I guess this movie was able to yeah. give you a sense that there were consequences. Yeah, because with, with the Infinity Gauntlet comic, the bottom line is that everybody who died came back, but most of the people the implication is that most people did not remember anything that happened so hey life goes on as usual business is the same you know nothing nothing is different however with uh the endgame movie i did enjoy how they at least made some attempt to try and address how the survivors were coping i mean obviously the focus was on the heroes and and you could see even with the five years that, that had passed they there was still a part of them that still wanted to see if there was anything that they could do to make things right. Yeah. Even to the point where they're willing to play around with the quantum physics machine and yeah. and do who knows what that they don't understand. Yeah. And there was also a cool scene in the beginning after that five-year jump where Captain America is in this, what do you call it, survivors group? It's or a support, support group. group. Yeah. Support group. And you just hear these normal people interacting, and you can yeah. tell that's that's a believable realistic. scene. It's realistic. Yeah, it's a realistic interpretation. Also, of how that would scene feel. had a cameo by Jim Starlin. Yeah, it did. It had two cameos actually. Cause oh yeah, the one director. Of the Russos, yeah. yeah, the Russos were was the main guy I, talking. Which which Russo was it? I don't remember which Russo. Yeah, I can't tell them apart. I just <laughs> when I saw him, I was like, "Isn't that the guy who made the movie?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Jim Starlin was in there. If you yeah. guys don't know who Jim Starlin is, he's a comic book creator who created Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet. Yep. So he's a pretty important uh, person in terms of hey, these movies might not even exist if he didn't create what he created. So yeah. you got to give him respect for sure. Yeah, and I, I'm totally. glad I'm glad they, they gave him a shout-out like that. Uh, I hope he they, deserves it. Totally. Yeah, I, I hope they compensated him for what he contributed. Because yeah. I know that things between him and Marvel have gone pretty sour. He's had re- issues as recent as, like, like maybe a year ago. A year ago, ago yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that, that that man is definitely worthy of your respect. Yeah. So it was definitely really good to see him yeah. have have a little cameo there. Yeah. One thing that I would have been interested in, well, I mean, I understand that the, this wasn't really the point of the movie, but I think it would be interesting if just to understand how does the world crawl back from this event? Yeah. Like you you think that after such a cataclysmic uh 
event. Five years have gone by, and then all of a sudden, like people real, just reappear. Yeah, but like there's billions a, of people come back to life. But there's gaps in their age. Yeah, right. Like so, if you went to high school with someone, all of a sudden, <laughs> like if you reappeared back in the world, the the people that are left uh, or that were left over, they're five years older than you. Yeah, like your whole entire world could have changed. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, your, your entire world did change. Yeah. Definitely. And even just thinking yeah. about how, how how does society function, right? Like yeah. how, like all these people that just come back, they were legally dead, right? So yeah. like, how do they get reintegrated back into society? Yeah. How do they how do get you a job? Society. Yeah. How do they yeah. get a job, or yeah. where do they live? Like, what if the place where they were living in, somebody else moved there, but yeah. like now they ca- came back? Like, what what happens? You know, it'll it, be interesting because the news or the entertainment news has said. Or even Marvel, I think they announced that Spider-Man uh, Homecoming is going to be the official end of Phase, phase three. 3. Yes. So, now that I think about it, like, watching the trailer, like, I do feel like Homecoming will sort of address it. Even that title, Homecoming, sort of, if you think about it, is... It says something about far it. Far From Home, isn't it? Oh, Far From, far home. from home, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, okay, maybe. My bad. So, anyways, <laughs> um, but... Like, there's a scene in the Spider-Man trailer where he wants to go to Europe, but he doesn't want to be Spider-Man. And I could see if they built, like, the emotional context of Spider-Man being gone for five years into that. I could see that being a moment where Peter Parker is like, I've lost five years of my life. I've been Spider-Man, like, because I was Spider-Man. And now I'm back and everything's so different. We're going to go on this trip. Like, I just want to be a normal kid for a while. And there are elements of post-traumatic stress that could be built into that. You Do you know. think there's any chance whatsoever that Far From Home could actually take place before Infinity War? I, I, yeah, that's, I mean, I think that was my assumption prior to, to the announcement that it was the end of Phase 3. Uh-huh. Uh, like... Uh, that scene in, in in Infinity War where they were all on the bus, I, I imagine that that was them coming back from the trip. Oh, but, okay. But I don't, I I don't know. I, I mean, it's it's up in the air at this point. Because what are what do you think are the odds that all of Peter Parker's supporting cast were snapped out of existence and now they're they came back? They're all everyone's still the same age and everything, right? So it's, yeah, it's a it's it's another bit of logic that <laughs> you'd have to kind of finesse in order to make yourself okay with for the purposes of right enjoying the story right so um it is what it is um the other thing that i wanted to well i mean did, what what do you think do you have any thoughts on uh those uh i mean i don't know if they've actually come out and said whether Far From Home takes place after yeah. Infinity War or or after Endgame or if it takes place before Infinity War. Yeah. I would hope that it takes place after Endgame. Yeah. I, w- I would feel a little disappointed if I learned that the story takes place before in the snap. Yeah. Just because there's a part of me that just wants to know how does the world... Yeah. M- like, what is the world... What is their universe yeah. like... What is the MCU like in the aftermath of Endgame? Exactly, and that's sort of the thing, right? Like, especially if they're going to go and make a statement like, oh, uh, Far From Home is going to be 
the end of phase three, then it sort of gives you a glimpse into what a post end game world looks like. Yeah. 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 And I feel like it would be, I don't know if a lot of people would feel cheated, but I think people would be a little disappointed if it, if they didn't really show you what the MCU was like post Endgame. Because yeah. I, I feel like that's what, after watching this movie, how can you not want to know that? Yeah. How can you not be curious yeah. as to what their what yeah. their status quo is? I mean, there are going to be more Marvel movies, so it's not like you don't get that, but, yeah, but I, I do feel that... People ain't, people ain't patient, man. That's true. The other thing I was going to say was I do feel like those Marvel movies taking place after the fact will probably just kind of acknowledge it as an event as opposed to like really dealing with uh, any of the long-term yeah consequences yeah they'll be like oh yeah it happened uh, yeah i highly <laughs> doubt that anybody wants to watch a movie where you see the survivor of the snap yeah go to the social security office wait in line yeah, yeah, for yeah. hours <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of get reintegrated back into yeah, society yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. it's like <laughs> um the other thought that did occur to me i was, might want to see that though <laughs> it'd be interesting you know like i like a real, I'm I'm remiss to say slice of life comic, yeah. but I, I guess that's a, a what slice of life be. story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the other thing I was gonna say was, I mean, there are the shows too, so I don't really I don't watch Agents of Shield, but there's a chance that I, from what I hear that they were renewed for another season. So there's oh, a okay. chance, and it was a surprise renewal too, because I think they were expecting to be canceled and then they got brought back. So oh, cool. So I don't know what's been happening on that show. Yeah, but, I haven't watched it. Uh, there's a chance that uh, they'll address some of those uh, story elements. Yep. So if anyone out there is listening and you are an avid viewer, a regular watcher of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and there's an episode where they show one of the survivors going to the DMV to get his <laughs> his ID back yeah. and all that, you know, let me know because yeah. I would want to watch that. I want to see him go to the tax office and yeah. just be like, look, I was gone, but I don't want to pay taxes anymore, but the it's government not my tells fault. me yeah. that I have to pay taxes. Yeah, that's five. <laughs> like, why do I suddenly owe five years of taxes when I, was, I wasn't even in existence? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the other thing that I noticed about the movie was <clears throat> it was... A little, it was kind of a, it was a little bit of a contrast to Infinity War in the sense that a lot of the movie or a lot of the front end of the movie is really just about reestablishing where everybody is at this point. Yeah, you know, just what has their lives been like since mm-hmm. you know. So you you find Thor and he's he's emotionally <laughs> broken and he's just become. A fat... A drunkard. A fat drunkard who just plays, like, Fortnite all day. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's not the glorious god of thunder that we all knew. Um, you see Black Widow. She's she she's fallen into the role of just kind of man- managing world affairs. And she's the leader uh, kind of behind the scenes, I assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you could tell that she has a singular goal of fixing this problem mm-hmm. and it's taking its toll on her uh hawkeye as you mentioned before he he lost his entire family not that other people didn't lose a lot but it feels like it broke him because he eventually just kind of goes 
and he assumes this new identity and he goes on a a spree essentially just killing criminals yeah and that was one thing that uh was played up a lot in the trailers which was kind of interesting to see too because i i remember when they were filming infinity war because i think they filmed this movie and infinity war back to back yeah they somebody did leak some photos of him dressed as a ronin yeah yeah so in in the comics ronin was an identity that hawkeye clint barton uh adopted for a period of time yeah um basically just a ninja costume i guess yeah which was what he was doing in the movie yeah he even spoke Japanese and yeah. used a katana blade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, didn't you tell me that the guy he fought was a silver samurai? Yeah, the dude that he fought in the scene in Japan, he was actually silver samurai in Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Yeah. Just the actor who played yeah, the yeah, silver yeah. samurai. Yeah. So I don't know if that was actually <laughs> him, but there's a chance that it could actually be him. <laughs> you th- do you think Hawkeye could beat the silver samurai in a sword battle? No. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, yeah I find that hard Samurai's, to believe. Silver Samurai has mutant powers. <clears throat> yeah. It makes his sword unbreakable. Yeah. So, uh. um, who else was there? We see the Hulk. He's been... Uh, mm-hmm. At the end of Infinity War, uh, Bruce Banner, who's the other identity of the Hulk, or the human identity of the Hulk, he was depowered and he was unable to become the Hulk. And you can see that in this movie... He's found a way to embrace the Hulk, mm-hmm. and he's used science to make himself a hybrid of the Hulk as well as his Bruce Banner persona. Yeah. So what you have is someone with the strength of the Hulk, but the intelligence and the um, the ability to articulate of Bruce Banner. Yeah, yeah. That that's actually another thing I guess we could point to, which was influenced by the comics. Yeah, because there was a P- big period. Yeah, when Peter David wrote the Hulk back in the early '90s, there was a period when Bruce Banner and the Hulk and the different personalities of Bruce Banner's fractured psyche all merged to form what they call the merged Hulk, or also known as the Professor. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> because I think with the Hulk in the comics, one of the things with Bruce Banner is that he's always had. Uh, these fractured psyches yeah. so different elements of his personality surface when he turns into different forms of the Hulk like yeah. he, there was the Grey Hulk there was the incredibly savage Hulk there's the traditional Hulk um, and then there was the Joe Fixit Hulk when he was in Vegas wasn't that the same as the Grey Hulk? the Grey Hulk I was referring to was the original oh, okay, okay, incarnation like the of the Hulk yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah so all of those different personalities merged into this professor yeah. personality that was basically Bruce Banner's mind inside the Green, Hulk's, Green Hulk's, body. Hulk's body but he yeah. wasn't a savage that's why I remember in the comics yeah. he would team up or I think he fought X-Factor or something and yeah. he needed machine guns <laughs> which, <laughs> I remember that yeah that was <laughs> that didn't make me want to read it yeah <laughs> it was it was I would think that was too weird for me. <laughs> the idea of the Hulk yeah. using guns. Yeah, yeah That's yeah. weird. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man, mm-hmm. uh, in this new world. He's actually settled down. He's had a family. He and uh, Pepper got together. Yeah. So he's he's the one person that sort of 
had a happy ending yeah from from this experience <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah did we ever did they ever really hint at what cap was up to during those five years besides just having these sur- uh it feels like he's groups? just it just feels like he's working with natasha to kind of maintain order in the world mm-hmm. you know he's doing what a good soldier does which is well this is what life has given us and now we have to just Re- like refashion some sort of semblance of order yeah yeah and then we had guys like war machine going off on missions yeah. for for them for natasha and captain marvel is in space and she's uh, essentially or she's what she's doing is she's managing, helping other planets yeah managing the situation yeah. in space yeah i think that's what rocket and nebula were doing as well oh okay that makes sense because they were yeah. in that hologram conference too from what i remember yeah. i don't remember what they said though yeah can't remember that dialogue but uh, yeah, it was cool to yeah, you know br- the the film <laughs> briefly catches you up to everybody's activities and yeah. you even get to see little cameos from characters that you haven't seen in a while, such as uh, Thor's friends from Ragnarok, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Korg and and Meek, th- those little alien dudes, yeah. and uh, and uh, Valkyrie. Yeah. Do you want to talk about so since time travel was such a big. Uh, element of this story do you want to talk about the various scenes that they pulled from and moments yeah are, are there any that jumped out at you that i think the return to n- the battle of new york was a notable one that yeah. was another one i think was spoiled pretty early on yeah because even before endgame came out people were saying oh there's some set photos that leaked from when they were filming it yeah and it looks it looks like they're going time traveling back to the battle of new york yeah so I guess when they did that, it wasn't a big surprise. I mean, f- we figured that it time travel. Something, yeah, <laughs> we figured that time travel was going to be a big part of this movie, yeah. and if they were going to time travel to get the gems back, then it would make sense to go back to the Battle of New York. Yeah. Um, because there were two gems involved, plus uh, the ancient one was there. I mean, they didn't know it was the ancient one, but yeah, but, but they they, just they figured that Doctor Strange's house had a gem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, I did like that whole sequence of events one thing that i thought was really cool was they were able to go back to the first avengers movie and do you know all the shout outs to that movie but they were also able to use that uh trip to the past to give a shout out to the winter soldier yeah as well yeah which was a that's definitely one of my favorite of all of the marvel films yeah Tell them. The, was, yeah, the I mean, with 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 Captain America going into that elevator after all these Shield agents who are in reality, as we know now, Hydra are agents. Hydra agents. Yeah, he goes there. They they took. Uh, was it the? It was the scepter, right? Yeah. yeah, the scepter with the mind. That was the mind stone, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that they they confiscated uh, Loki's scepter after so the battle. So basically, these were like rogue the, agents. Yeah. Yeah. The sleeper, sleeper, sleeper agents, agents yeah. they get the scepter and they're going to take it so they can do what they want with it. And Captain yeah. America, the, the he ends up going to into the elevator with them. And yeah, get, they and get it's to, a recreation of the They get to reenact that scene, scene. yeah. yeah it, it's exactly. like you, you see him walk in and, and then you got the guy who uh, turns into crossbones in there and that... Uh, shaved head dude with the glasses. I don't yeah. even remember their names, but he had a cool name, but I, I just can't remember. I don't remember his name. name. I, yeah. I remember Crossbones. Yeah, but but yeah, Brock you see Rumlow. them. Brock Rumlow. You see yeah. them 
all kind of looking at each other. You see some of those other soldiers kind of get their hands by their holsters. It's a it's a huge moment where just the tension is building because you know that they're all enemies of the state and they're all weary of Captain America. Yeah. You know, they just think this guy's going to try something, so we better be at the ready to, like, just gang up on this dude yep. in this, like, in this tiny, elevator. Little, tiny little elevator. Exactly. Yeah, and in The Winter Soldier, you know, Captain America gives them what for. Yeah. And this scene, he, he just tries to be diplomatic. You know, he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, just hand me the stone or the scepter. I'm, I yeah. need to take it to be secured. We can't have it. There's been a risk of... There's a risk of something something going on and yeah. someone might try and steal it. So just yeah, give it over to me. Yeah. And they're all kind of... You can tell that they're all hesitant and they don't yeah. really want to do it. And they're uncertain until he leans over to the head guy and he's like, Hail Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> then, <laughs> then they know and yeah. they just give it to him. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. so perfect. Yeah. That... Uh, yeah, that that was a good scene. I love that scene. That was a great scene. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, um, and you also mentioned earlier that they even took us back to Thor two. Yeah, and we even got to see Rene Russo. Yeah, and uh, a brief scene Natalie, Natalie Portman. Portman. Like so that that was unexpected because Thor two isn't one of the at least for me it's not one of the yeah. high marks of Marvel movies but for them to take it and go you know what we're gonna find a way to give this a little bit of love and uh, you yeah. know you know maybe even give you a second appreciation for it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like if you guys wanna get the full context make sure you watch it again <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah um did you think it was unusual that they spent so much time uh having thor i guess having this fixation with his mother because it it always felt like the stronger relationship between thor and his parents was between thor and odin yeah and maybe i I just haven't watched the dark world uh recently enough i mean i only watched it that one time in theaters yeah haven't thought about it much since but i i guess i was just kind of surprising that that emotional yeah that emotional uh, yeah. Uh, content was so important to yeah. Thor's progression in the movie yeah I thought that was uh, an interesting choice I mean in Thor Dark World I guess one of the not I guess but one of the big things that happened in that was that Rene Russo died mm-hmm. so on some level it makes sense to build the emotional crux of the moment around that yeah but I do agree that if you've read Thor comics, a, a big theme of Thor comics is he's a guy who's constantly dealing with father issues, essentially. Yeah. He's always constantly trying to earn his father's approval or be worthy in his father's eyes. And yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that a large part of his history is just centered around his relationship with his father. Yeah. So when I did see that scene, it was a little odd to me that they didn't bring Anthony Hopkins out of um, uh, out to 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 show up for that scene. Yeah. Um, he was one of the few uh, big name actors that didn't have a brief cameo. Yeah, like they they this movie again did a lot to just pull people who didn't even have really huge uh or or not no that's not true it did a lot to pull 
everyone that they could have out of the past 10 years, no matter how brief yeah. to, to, to play a part in this movie. Just so. Natalie Portman didn't have any lines. She was in, but she like was in it three seconds or something. Right. Yeah. But that was like, it almost made me wonder, was that just a, a scene that where they digitized rocket raccoon into yeah, the yeah, background or exactly. did they actually film that yeah. for this movie? Like, I was, I couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we didn't get Anthony Hopkins and we didn't get Agent Coulson. Or so we didn't get Odin and we didn't get Agent Coulson, mm-hmm. which was interesting. I mean, I, I'm sure that there's a very like high chance that they, it was just scheduling conflicts. Yeah. But there's there's this one point at the end of the movie where they're at a funeral <laughs> and this kid is standing there, and I was just like, "Who's that kid?" Yeah. And then the kid. It, yeah. The- funeral yeah who's that teenager he wasn't even a kid he was a teenager and they uh they eventually uh after the movie we looked him up and he was a kid from iron man 3 yeah just like i forgot that he existed (laughs) yeah and even if we did remember the kids it's been what six or seven years since that movie so he looks drastically different yeah Yeah. the kid in the movie was probably around 10 years old now he's a teenager so i I wouldn't i wasn't gonna recognize him i saw that scene when the camera did that slow pan over everybody and i was like wait who is that supposed to be what's he doing why does this kid have like such a prominent location in this uh sea of faces why does he get so much attention i didn't get it either yeah yeah Another person that I noticed didn't have a brief cameo was uh, Nakia from Black Panther, Lupita Nyong'o. She was in there. She was no, she wasn't. Wait, no, which one she was wasn't. Nakia? She was uh, T'Challa's love interest. Oh yeah, you're right. She wasn't. In yeah, there. she okay. wasn't. She didn't Sorry show up. Good point. They even had Angela Bassett for that brief scene at the end. Uh, when when they come through the portal? No, when when they uh. Oh, at the they're funeral. in Wakanda and they're they're showing fireworks, yeah, celebrating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. She was in that scene. Yeah, I mean, I guess they couldn't get everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about other moments that really stood out outside of the time travel stuff? There were a few moments that got like, what me. What are the wow moments yeah. for you? I think one of the th- the scenes that I relished to the utmost was when Cap picked up Mjolnir. Yeah. When you had Thor, you know, having brought Mjolnir from 2013 or whatever year it was back to the present yeah. day. Um, and he's on the ropes fighting with Thanos. Thanos has a yeah. Stormbreaker and he's about to, you know, shove that into Thor's chest. Yeah. And it seems like there's no one around to, to help him. Yeah. But Cap grabs Mjolnir. Yeah. I w- that was a moment where if I were that kind of fan, I would have stood up and applauded yeah. or cheered or something. Just so uh, you listeners know, uh, the hammer Mjolnir is Thor's enchanted hammer. Mm-hmm. And there is a spell or an enchantment on it that that says that only he who is worthy is able to lift the hammer. So throughout Thor's history... It's really been, for the most part, only Thor, and there have been a couple of exceptions here and there. Yeah. Ray Bill, maybe. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, it's really supposed to be a, an indicator of something special. You have to really be, like, a noble person or a worthy person mm-hmm. in order to pick up the hammer. So, in this scene where, you know, they're all fighting uh, Thanos, and they're all sort of getting messed up, and 
like you said, uh, Thanos is taking Thor's other hammer and he's about to drive the axe end of it into his chest and it's just this moment where they're just struggling with one another and you think all hope is lost and to see all of a sudden you just the moment is all you see is the hammer you don't really Mm -hmm. see who's holding it but then it like comes over and it just i think it hits thanos yeah and then the the hammer flies back up and then you see that it lands right back and the person holding it is Captain America, Steve Rogers himself. And it's just this moment where you know this is a man who's so noble and so honorable that he is worthy of holding the hammer of the gods. Yeah. Yeah. And he had the power of Thor. Yeah. And he was able to use it and just basically, at least for the moment, hold them all off. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, it's a pretty noble moment. That was a pretty powerful moment. Yeah. It, it, I think it's something that that uh i was just waiting for yeah for a long time yeah it's just something where you get to they they did a good job if you uh think back to uh, how they kind of set that up yeah if back in the Aven- age of avengers age of ultron movie yeah. there's that brief scene where all the different uh, guys are trying, trying to, to lift, lift hammer. thor's hammer yeah. and nobody can do it at all but when cap tries to lift it you can see it budge yeah 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 <laughs> the other thing um about that was uh in terms of things that they referenced from the marvel comics mm-hmm. that was uh something that they took from the marvel comics was yeah. that captain america was one of the only people one of the only mortals ever yeah to like lift the hammer yeah so that was definitely a moment that they b- borrowed from the comics yeah yeah i, th- I think if you want some reference i can't remember the issues or anything but yeah. there was that scene that we talked about uh yesterday how yeah. when captain america uh was in a fight with these other guys he he picked up thor's hammer and, and like threw it at him yeah, so yeah. he could have his weapon uh and then there was a more recent scene from i don't know maybe 2011 or so yeah during this mini series event called fear itself yeah which was about uh basically it was an a Thor-centric or an Asgardian-centric uh, event. event. So there are all these, you know, mystical or mythical-type creatures invading and everything. And Captain America was able to pick up Thor's hammer yeah. and wield it as he led the Avengers in battle yeah. after Thor was thought to be dead, which, yeah. you know, he got better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to tack on to that moment, though, um that you you chose because uh the moment that really that i really enjoyed that was just before that was it was the scene where thanos had attacked and he had just laid laid waste to all the other superheroes and it's it's the moment where they decide uh, or where you see who who's left to stand up to Thanos himself and it's the big 3 and it's the big 3 it's Thor, Iron Man and Captain America which is as it should be yeah like if you if you're a follower of comics you know that for the Justice League the big 3 is Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman they're kind of the foundational cornerstones of the Justice League team mm-hmm. you know and uh but for the avengers that cornerstone that that those foundational characters 
are Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. Yeah. So to see them standing there and they're just, it's just kind of a grim little moment where they're just like, what do we do now? And they're just like, now we fight. Mm-hmm. And just to see the three of them go up against Thanos on their own, that's that was a heroic moment for me. Yeah. I, I was... I, I love the build-up to it where yeah. you just kind of see this low shot of, of their legs walking towards this Thanos figure that's just yeah. kind of in the background and he's just sitting waiting for them to come at him yeah that was yeah. that was a good scene it's and, it's heroic yeah and like especially since this is the end of phase three and it's the last avengers movie like that that moment holds a lot of weight mm-hmm. you know it's 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 powerful yeah i really dug it another thing that was really powerful to me some of the more emotional scenes like i think the scene where uh, at the funeral, when when Happy Hogan um, is talking to Tony Tony Stark's daughter, yeah, and just asks her if she's hungry or anything. Yeah, she just said she wanted burgers. Yeah, like there was something about that that touched me also. Yeah, um, I was talking to one of my other friends yesterday, or just texting, and he was telling me, you know, he's he's a father, so he he was telling me the scene where uh, Scott Lang comes back and goes to his house and finds his daughter survived like that really uh hit him hard yeah and and for me i was like i was thinking about it like that was a good emotional moment too it was but i think the thing that hit me even harder was seeing this you know sort of older single man (laughs) trying to like his only concern was the daughter of of his dead best friend yeah no i get that yeah that's that's pretty touching uh moment um yeah uh but other than the emotional stuff there's there's a lot of just moments where we get a lot of spectacle too yeah you know the scene that you mentioned earlier where all the portals open up yeah that's that's definitely yeah that is that is the moment that we have been waiting for for 10 years (laughs) (laughs) pretty much yeah because because this is the at this point I'm I'm just going to go over it again in brief but at this point they the 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 current avengers that or that are available to them they're heavily outnumbered and Thanos has just called all his ships all his aliens and all his giant his, monsters the black order the black order the chitari yeah so he has his the, you know he has a full complement of forces on his side and it feels like all is lost, and then suddenly Captain America gets a, a, a faint signal on his uh, headset, and what we hear is everyone's back, and they're all here. What they're we ready hear to is help. Cap on your left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Portals open up, and we see Black Panther as the first hero who's back. He was the one who he was one of the ones who disappeared, mm-hmm. and seeing Black Panther, you know that that means that everybody else is back. Yep. You know that that means that he's brought his army yep. to, the, to the battle as well. And it's just that scene where you see it in a lot of like war movies or like war epics, but where you have two armies on two sides yeah. and they just <laughs> run towards each other. But it's great, you know? And I... I, I oh, the, uh, the other scene within that scene was... All of a sudden, Ant Man grows to maximum height. Yes, yes, and, I, dude, I gotta talk about this yeah, because no. I was 
when we were watching this on Thursday night, I was sitting right <laughs> next to you, and when Ant-Man grew to giant size, and he saw that flying slug creature thing, yeah, he just, like, smashed his fist so hard <laughs> into it, you started, Albert started laughing super loud, like, that was, like, there were a lot of good... Uh, jokes and things funny bits of humor and yeah. throughout the entire movie and I heard him chuckling at different scenes and yeah. laughing here and there but that scene where giant man punches this alien out of the sky he started laughing like hysterically <laughs> it was- it's a great moment because just the sheer size of those creatures compared to like one of uh, just an average person like it's like a, a whale or something, and to see Giant Man just punch one of those, <laughs> that is satisfying. <laughs> that is satisfying. Did you say one of your fantasies is to punch a whale? <laughs> <laughs> I do not believe in violence towards animals, but I did think that that scene towards an imaginary creature that wanted to harm people was funny. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I, I received a great amount of gratification from that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think... When I was in the theater, I was just surprised that you laughed so hard. Like I, I wasn't expecting it. Like I was just watching an action scene, and all of a sudden, like, don't get me wrong, I think I laughed too, and a lot of people laughed, yeah. but your laughter was loudest. <laughs> it echoed through the chamber. But even even prior to that scene, but I that was a that was a great Ant Man moment for me too. Just. I mean, you you do see everybody coming out of all those portals, and you see all the forces. But when you see Giant Man just grow to maximum height and just like burst out of all the uh, all the debris mm-hmm. from the leftover Avengers Mansion, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. that's it's yep. like we they've got everybody. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's a, a triumphant moment. Yeah, it that really is. Those are the moments I I love when I. Yeah. Uh, read or watch superhero fiction. Yeah. The just those moments where you know the heroes kind of uh in a tough situation yeah. and things are aren't looking too good, but suddenly help arrives or they f- yeah. find inner strength to overcome yeah, yeah, their yeah. foe. That's the inspirational stuff, you know. Yeah. It's the heroic triumphant moments that really give you that sense of yeah. gratification. And the other thing is that yeah. this movie, I felt like it really earned those moments. Yeah. Because if you... Just watching the movie, thinking about how yeah. long it was... And, and there was never a point where I felt I was bored. Yeah. But it was definitely a really deliberately paced yeah. movie for such a long movie. Yeah. I felt like there were a lot of scenes where uh, it was a good amount of dialogue, some exposition to try and explain the time travel stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And good, good moments of character interaction where... It's characters you wouldn't really expect would have anything to do with each other. Like, yeah. for example, in the beginning, Nebula and Tony Stark. Like, what do they have to yeah, yeah, have yeah. in common? But you see them playing uh, paper football. <laughs> yeah, they, they've developed a uh, rapport over this time, yeah. like, however fragile it may be. Yeah, and there is a lot of uh, build-up towards all these scenes. Um, then you had all these scenes where there was some action, but it was also kind of... Uh, abrupt as well like there were like when captain america fought himself right yeah or scenes where the action sequences were fairly brief or just smaller yeah. scale but you knew that at the end it was just gonna be a spectacle yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, th- I think that the pacing of the movie it really felt like 
it earned it. And then even when you finally got to the final battle, it I never felt like things were so dark or full of graphics. It wasn't yeah. mind-numbing. I could actually yeah. follow the action and understand yeah. what I was seeing. It wasn't just a bunch of uh, CGI yeah. figures flying around the screen yeah, yeah, yeah. with sparks around and explosions yeah. trying to distract you from... Although it was that, too. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah there, was, there was a lot of that, but it wasn't obscuring what yeah, you were yeah, seeing. Yeah. You know, like the... the the choreography and the level of storytelling yeah. was night and day compared to, for example, uh, if you watch one of the DC action movies. Yeah, where uh, it's just chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bunch of bad yeah. graphics and, and explosions and yeah. things. Like, I, I wasn't... I've, I never felt during one of those DC movies where the action was really satisfying or anything yeah. like that. But this scene in Endgame, that's, that's probably the... I guess... The platonic ideal of spectacle in a Hollywood yeah. blockbuster like that. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to go back to that Ant Man thing, like, just real quick. But there is something about that, like, visually. Again, like, Thanos had scores of men, but he also had this giant creature. So there was something satisfying about just seeing, you know, our own giant guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? if yeah, I was totally. just to sum it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like. You bring a, a knife to the fight, I'll bring a knife. You bring a gun, I'll bring a gun. Exactly. You bring a big old ship, I'm going to bring a giant a man. A giant man, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, well put, well put. I also like that scene where uh, you had all the, the female heroes Yeah, I was just together. about to go yeah. there. Like, it was a pretty cool moment. I, I forget who was kind of at the, at the core of it, but essentially one of the female characters was trying to like move the gauntlet along yeah. she was trying to get it to the quantum generator so that they could send the gems back mm-hmm. so that they wouldn't be able to uh, they would take the threat of the infinity stones off the table yeah so they were trying to it was kind of like a game of football was what it was yeah, they were just trying totally. to move, move the football to where it needed to be and um i, I, I want to say it was was it, was it captain marvel yeah i want to say it might have been captain marvel but she was so she had progressed the 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 ball to a certain point, but she the gets ball. or yeah the gauntlet to a certain point, but she gets pushed back, and then all of a sudden there's this moment where she I I, I don't know like how they set it up because I it's it, I forget but essentially she goes I'm not a or I don't know if she says I'm not alone or something but someone to the left behind her says she's got help yeah and then like they pan out and you see like. All the female, or like, not all, but a lot of the female characters of the Marvel Universe. It was pretty much everybody except for Scarlet Witch, because she was, or not Scarlet Witch, uh, Uh, Black Widow. Black Widow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they, you see all of them there just kind of striking a menacing pose, just letting them know that, you know, sisters are doing it for themselves. We got this. Yep. You know, so it's a good moment. Yeah. Uh, Like, um, some people might look at that and be like, it's a little on the nose or whatever. Uh, but you know what? I, I don't have a problem with it. It's, it's I a enjoyed, good moment. I enjoyed yeah, seeing that. You know? it's, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. It it's fun. empowering stuff. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So that was uh, that was a good scene too. And just all throughout the battle, um, I will admit that with a cast this big, that they had to do a lot to kind of catch you up on everybody so like everybody had like a little moment to mm-hmm. kind of resolve their ish story so you see like a really brief moment with iron man and or with tony stark and spider-man where 
Yeah. Like, if you watched Infinity War, then you know that their last moment together is a pretty depressing one mm-hmm. where Tony is, uh, Tony has to watch uh, Peter die in front of him. Mm-hmm. But you get just a brief exchange of dialogue between the two to know that Tony is, is just happy to see Peter again. And um, then you get a moment between... Uh, Peter Quill, Star-Lord, and Gamora. Yeah. And she died in the last movie, too, but, you know... The Gamora that we're seeing in this one is the Gamora from the past that came to the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, you know, the, their story has been a love story in development, so this is something for them to... Uh, again, it's a little bit of closure just to be like, see, we're going to give them a chance to be together again. Yeah. You know, so everybody has, a like, a little moment of something like even Scarlet Witch who she doesn't yes. get vision back, but you know, there's a moment of satisfaction in where she faces off one-on-one against Thanos. And she, it's a moment of retribution where she just goes, you, you took t- everything. Yeah. from me, You know? And then he was like, I don't even know who you are <laughs> yeah. because this is the past Thanos that yeah. came to the future. Yeah. And I, that, that moment made me laugh. It made me yeah. think of a uh, street fighter, the movie, <laughs> You know, yeah. when uh, Chun-Li goes on this whole spiel about her yeah. origins and, and Bison just says, the day that, that Bison <laughs> walked into your town was the greatest and most important day of your life. But for me, it was, it was Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember you. <laughs> yeah, that was good stuff. That was really good stuff. Um, do you have... So now that we're talking about the the spectacle element of it now that we're on this like the last hour of the movie where mm-hmm. all of the special effects are just thrown into the battling and just everything that's going on do you have anything to say about the production value i thought the graphics were really well done yeah like i was saying earlier i don't think that there was a moment where it felt like the special effects were trying to obscure the yeah. choreography because i think the way that they filmed it you could actually follow and understand yeah. what you were looking at it wasn't it was chaotic, but not so chaotic yeah. that you couldn't... That it was jarring, you know? Like it, it wasn't slowed down like a Zack Snyder film where everything's in slow-mo, but yeah. everything was slow enough where you could kind of take it all in. Yeah, you know? exactly. You, you could kind of... And there were a lot of big pan shots where you could just see everything that was going on. Yeah. And, um, I, I'm i not going to lie. If I was watching this on Blu-ray or something, I there's a chance I'll pause it so I can like <laughs> look at it. Yeah. Like, Where's Waldo? (laughs) See where everybody is and what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. Yeah, and there's no weird... Yeah, like, there's no weird tints on it or anything, so everything looks Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. It's it's a good-looking film. Another thing about the movie that I noticed was I thought the score, the music, was actually much better than most other Marvel movies. Because most Marvel movies... I think outside of the main theme song, right? Like the Avengers theme or something, the music's yeah. really not very memorable. Yeah. It it really served... It, it usually just serves as a background, you know, background noise. noise. And yeah. when things are supposed to be emotional, it, it, it you know, it's appropriate. Yeah. But it, it, it's never really anything that stands out. But I thought the music in Endgame actually stood out. Like there was... Yeah. There were scenes where I was combined with the with what I was watching on the screen and the music that was playing. It really did have an enhancement on the overall experience where yeah. I felt like, oh, this is actually not only it's not merely just appropriate to the scene, but this is actually like something I want to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. So 
I think it was uh, Alan Silvestri. Yeah, yeah, that sounds familiar because I remember seeing that and going, "Oh, Mark Silvestri's brother." <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mark Silvestri, the artist. Family. They're a talented family. <laughs> he draws comics. Just so um, let's talk about some of the ending scenes. Let's uh, try to make sense of what we saw. So we already talked about. How that kid at the funeral yeah. was the kid from Iron Man 3. Yeah. That's probably something that... Uh, I'd be surprised if anybody really recognized that. Yeah. Uh, you have to be a hardcore Marvel Cinematic fan. universe yeah. fan, yeah. What about uh, some of the other epilogues? Like yeah. Thor's epilogue. <sighs> you saw him kind of pack things up and uh, basically tell uh, Valkyrie that she's the leader of the Asgardian yeah. survivors now. Yeah. And then he ends up joining... Uh, the, Guardians. the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. jokingly referring to them as the as Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I um, I'll admit Thor's arc in this movie was a little less impressive than in uh, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So when I was watching it, I he he had some moments, but there weren't. I don't think that they matched, um, you know, the heroism that we saw in Infinity War. Like for the most part, he was kind of a role player. Which is fine, but or if not a role player, he got a lot more of the comedic beats yeah. in the film. So. Yeah, he's definitely had a lot of scenes, a good amount of dialogue, yeah. but it was it was more of along the lines of the lighthearted stuff. Yeah, uh, until the yeah. final battle, and maybe yeah. this, like even the scene with his mother, that was yeah. emotional. And keep in mind, during so during this whole movie, he he doesn't look like the Thor we know. He's yeah. got a fat suit on, yeah. so he's got a gut. So even when he's, he's fighting, his hair's all messed up yeah. too. So even when he's fighting Thanos, he's fighting Thanos with a beer belly, you know, which is, I mean, he's got his armor on, so you don't really see it at that point, but it's, it's definitely not like the it's ideal Thor. It's not Thor in his Thor. prime. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. not the ideal Thor. Yeah. Um, but I do enjoy, I did enjoy seeing him with the Guardians of the Galaxy because in, in, uh, Infinity War, yeah. they were kind of supporting cast members with each other mm-hmm. or that that was the group that he was paired up with and i do think chris hemsworth has a decent sense of comedic timing yeah he he, he knows how to do comedy decently yeah. well like he's even funny in, yeah even in other movies he's he's got good uh he's got a good like ear for comedy i guess so um it i will say that it made me excited to think of whether he's going to be in the next uh guardians of the galaxy movie yeah i i kind of hope so just just to see a little bit more of Thor. Yeah. Because uh, this movie does... It will be the last movie for Iron Man and Captain America. Yeah. So, it's a little sad. It's a little sad. I mean, it's the end of an era. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we also get... And we surprisingly haven't touched on this yet, but this is the movie where uh, at the very end... Uh, or not very end, but at the end of the battle... Tony Stark dies to save the world. Right, right. Uh, they established that the gauntlet can't be wield- wielded by uh, normal people because the energies would just be too much. Yeah. And um, Doctor Strange comes back, and in the last movie he says, Tony Stark has to survive because if he doesn't survive, we need him to do... Well, he doesn't explicitly say that we need him to do what he's going to do when uh, they fight Thanos, but... Obviously, he saves Tony Stark for a reason, yeah, and now I'll... we finally see that reason. Yeah. So at at the end of the battle, they're all fighting uh, Thanos for the gauntlet, and Thanos is just messing everybody up. 
and he raises his hand to perform the snap one last time and Stark jumps on it and wrestles with him and he knocks Stark away and he raises his hand up to perform the snap and he snaps his finger but nothing happens and in that moment we see that Stark actually had was able to steal the gems away Mm -hmm. and he takes the gems and there's a brief exchange where (sighs) Thanos Thanos earlier in the movie says I am inevitable yep and it's a a great one-liner he says it again and Tony Stark goes yeah well I'm Iron Man and he snaps his finger and he basically makes all of Thanos' forces and Thanos himself, he just makes them all disappear. Yep. He makes them all disintegrate the same way that they everybody else disintegrated at the end of Infinity War. But um, it all happens. Um, and you see that Tony Stark gets really messed up from it. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has a moment where he just kind of collapses and... He's able to see Pepper one last time. And Peter Parker. And Peter Parker, you know, his surrogate son. Mm-hmm. And they're all able to get one final goodbye before, you know, the the life just leaves his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> that was a pretty it was a great heroic death. It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, we discussed it a little bit before the movie, who we thought would die. Yeah. And uh, Drew did say that he didn't have faith that yeah. Disney would go and actually kill Tony Stark because that I was surprised it was a bit of yeah. ballsy move yeah and they were ballsy they, were they ballsy. surprised me man yeah. like I I really thought that Captain America was gonna die even yeah. during the scene when he was fighting Thanos yeah minutes before Tony did all that yeah there was a scene where a couple of scenes where Thanos actually like punches him and hits him pretty hard yeah and I saw that and I was like oh dude Captain's dead, dead. <laughs> but then he gets up like nothing happened and I'm like wait a minute <laughs> And I wanted to stand up and be like, hey, pause the movie, everybody. That doesn't make sense because Thanos can go toe-to-toe with the Hulk. And he just punched Captain America. Captain America should be paced. That is, that's not realistic. Captain America is a guy on a really, really, really good day. Like, an <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on the best day of their life. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that doesn't mean much against a guy who's as strong as the Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> um... I really, yeah, I really thought Cap was the one who was gonna end up dying, and I thought, yeah. I thought that Tony Stark, being the yeah. in the cinematic universe, he's essentially the centerpiece of their world, right? Yeah. Like their most important character, their most loved character, yeah. the most popular character. He's the one that kids like. Yeah, I yeah. thought, I really thought that they would let him and Pepper have their happy ending and kind yeah. of ride off into the sunset, but yeah, shows what I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, this is a, a happy surprise. This is a comic book podcast, not a movie podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and speaking on on that note, we we also had the um, we had the we we got the def- not definitive, but we got an end for Captain America as yeah. well. Uh, at the end, Captain America is tasked with sending the stones back to their points of origin because. Again, they have to uh, maintain a status quo for wherever mm-hmm. the gems were taken from or stones were taken from. Yeah. Uh, the, the ancient one, is, uh, one of the guardians of the stones said that, I'm trusting you with this stone, but you have to bring it back. So because if you don't, then our 
our times, our timelines, or our eras won't have the stones to protect our universes. Yep. So they, they, so Captain America, Steve Rogers, is tasked to go back and take them all back, and they send him back to the past. And there's a moment where they're waiting for him to come back, and he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And what you see is. You see Sam Wilson, who's the Falcon, and um, Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. They look off in the distance and they see an old man sitting there and they approach him. And it turns out that it's Captain America and he's gone back and he went back in time and he decided to stay there and relive his entire life mm-hmm. and to get a second chance at the life he never had. Yeah. Um, so I do think that that was, I thought that was a nice little moment for Cap. You know, it's good, especially since this is um, Chris Evans' last uh, performance as Cap. It's good to see yeah. him sort of have that little moment and his version of Cap have that little moment. I mean, I will admit that I don't know if in my heart that, that I believe that that's what Cap would do. Yeah. Um, Cap is a soldier out of time. And uh, if someone told me that that's not really Captain America, Captain America is... He he's a, he's he's a soldier that's going to fight on until there's nothing left to fight for, and if someone told me that that's how they envisioned Captain America, I would I would probably tend to agree with that more. Yeah. But um, again, like I mentioned earlier in this podcast, I don't. The things that I liked in the film far probably far outweigh the things that like I notice. So. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah I think for me if if they had explained it to to say that something went wrong with the pim particles or the time travel suit and that's why he wasn't able to come back and he ended up having to be forced to yeah. live through time again i think that would have been more acceptable for me yeah i mean again i'm i'm with you on this one it's it's hard for me to fully buy into the idea that captain america would willingly decide i've done my part that i needed yeah i've done my part now it's time for me to live my life yeah uh it's kind of not heroic (laughs) kind of yeah Yeah. i mean i'm not gonna begrudge him for that but because he did do a lot man yeah yeah. Yeah, i mean he's captain america i wanted him to do all that and bring me a soda (laughs) where's my coke the man fought nazis in world war ii he if he doesn't want to fight anymore but what has he done for me lately oh okay okay <laughs> I have a hangnail. <laughs> <laughs> you need him to get the nail clipper for you and fix that up, and then maybe yeah, yeah. Uh, read you a bedtime story, warm up some cookies and milk exactly. for you, kiss Cuddle you good night. <laughs> yeah, you need all of that. <laughs> but yeah, I was. I, I don't. I don't know if Cap would real. I don't know if in my heart of hearts, I believe Captain America would willingly do that. Yeah. So that's why I wish that the explanation had been something went wrong with the pin particles yeah. and he just, he had no choice. But I think... But even then... That like, wouldn't have made sense either. Because I think the whole idea of him living through time again, if you if you think too hard about it, yeah. does that... I think it breaks the rules that they established does. on or time it travel. it that way. Yeah. yeah, because him going back in time should have... It should have spread in an alternative timeline. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the he he shouldn't have been able to return to yeah. the prime timeline because. But even from like a storytelling perspective, I would kind of disagree with that idea that something going wrong would make it okay because 
if you are the kind of person who wants a happy ending for your characters, mm-hmm. like, again, like we were talking about with Tony, like, we wanted, or you kind of want one person to have a happy ending. Yeah. Um, for him to choose that, if it was anybody else, for them to go, I've, I've fought the longest war that I could have fought. I've lost so much. If it was anybody other than Captain America, we could have been like, he, it's okay. He he's earned it. He chose to go back, yeah. and he chose to get all the things that he didn't get yeah. the first time around. You would celebrate that to some degree. You'd, yeah. you'd be happy for them. Totally. Yeah, but because it's Cap, you you have to tell yourself, well, Captain America made this choice. That isn't a very Captain America choice yeah. in order for that ending to happen. Yeah. So it, yeah, there there are things that are at odds there. So it, it's, it's. I guess I just have to tell myself it's the MCU Captain America. Yeah. It's not the real Captain yeah. America. The same way that Ultimate Captain America was willing to kick Bruce Banner <laughs> in the face, even though he was already down. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. So. There are many versions of Captain America. Yeah, and by by that <laughs> reasoning, okay, you know, like that's that's fine. I'm not I'm not gonna be upset or anything. I'm not yeah, gonna yeah. throw a tantrum. Like, yeah. it, if if I can stomach the idea of Thanos punching Captain America <laughs> and him surviving with no yeah. broken bones, I can accept that yeah. Captain America is gonna yeah. do something that's not the most Captain America of yeah. choices. I I I think the the main. Like the the problem with that is not only what we just discussed, but it's also the idea of how what he did kind of ignores the rules that they set up to. Because yeah, him yeah. bringing back the shield, it's it's a cool touch, and obviously we can understand um, why they would want him to yeah, do yeah, that. Because yeah. you, you want a visual, yeah, thing that lets the storytellers know that oh, this is something important that's being passed down. Yeah, exactly, yeah. and and we understand that they're making a. a Falcon show, I think. Yeah. Falcon and Falcon Bucky. Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah. So it, it it's a cool idea to have Sam become the new Captain America, yeah. which he was in the comics yeah. for a while too. So yeah, on that note, we can kind of discuss where the movies are gonna go yeah. from here, and it feels like back to the earlier discussion of like things that they're referencing uh, from or like the influences of the movies. I do feel like the influences for these choices moving forward are kind of, are actually really more recent. Um, I think as current as what, three years ago, uh, they were doing the all new or was that more? Wait, what are you referring to? Like, uh, when they made Sam Wilson cap and, um, Oh yeah, that, that was, that was that a been few more. years ago, okay. probably within the last four at least. Okay. I forget exactly. So yeah. So there was a push at Marvel to, uh, you know, see different versions of the heroes that we we know mm-hmm. and love. So we we got an era where we saw uh, Falcon as Captain America, and we saw Jane Foster Thor, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just all different versions of the heroes that we know. And it really feels like at the uh, at the end note of this movie, um, at least the way I feel is, uh, I think. Moving forward, they're banking on Captain Marvel, uh, Carol Danvers, uh, being kind of the new, uh, what's it called? The Vanguard? Yeah, part of, not just the new Vanguard, but kind of what Tony was, or Tony was to the old uh, Avengers, kind of being the next 
foundational characters mm-hmm. that uh so it feels like it's gonna be captain marvel black panther and you know maybe sam wilson cap as the new these are the new the, the old new characters you mm-hmm. know that that are gonna herald in the new era of marvel and uh, avengers movies oh I, you know I, I just thought of something confusing too yeah um so with captain america going back in time yeah. to re- turn the gems to their original uh timeline yeah we, we said how he kind of breaks the rules of that they established because he was able to return to the prime timeline yeah. with the shield that he took from the past but then if he was able to do all that then what happened to the gems like do they still exist in the prime timeline because from what i understood them taking the gems back was supposed to make it so that the prime timeline would no longer have the infinity stones oh that's a good point Cause, yeah, cause, you, you're, you're cause, making a really cause, good point. Because supposedly they're supposed to now they're supposed to have because in a our world, current timeline they're yeah. destroyed already. Yeah, they're already destroyed, yeah. and if they return them to the to the original timelines, then they should not exist yeah. anymore. But with Captain America going back in time and with living, the shield, yeah, with the shield coming back with it like that, you can't. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. See, it's like I said earlier. There are one time travel is tricky, and two, like there are like plot holes in this. Uh, that you, you know what they could have done though. Yeah. What they could have done was they could have had uh, Captain America go back. He was he's standing on the time machine. He goes back in time, and then five seconds later they bring him back. But when he comes back, he's an old man. Yeah, like that would have made more sense, I think, because they could but, have said some accident happened where I don't yeah. know. Because you know, like then you would be able to get Captain America off the playing field. You know, you could have a reason but for I think him the to give up. That is. It's another, like, uh, for, at least for viewers, mm-hmm. it's another moment where, not another moment, but it'd be, it would almost be insult to injury in the sense that Captain America has fought this long fight, and I guess, well... Because they already had the scene earlier, remember when they were testing the time travel stuff with yeah. uh, Scott Lang? He, he came no, no. as a baby, and then he came as an yeah. old man, and all this, so you never know what can happen. But what I'm saying is... They established that that stuff happened because he was aged. Like, uh, what did they say where they were saying, um, we're not traveling through time, we're, time is traveling through you, or something uh-huh. like that. Something to that effect, right? So, what what that means if C- Captain America comes back aged is, it was, one, it was an accident, and it's something that happens to him. Yeah. So you don't really get that sense that, oh, he got a happy ending, you it was more like, oh, he came back, but he got screwed over yeah. because he lost all those years of life. And, and I, I think I would have been fine with that. Oh, okay. I would have been. I think because the, because it's 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 sad. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's sad, but it makes more sense for the overall yeah, plot I, of I the movie. Yeah, I do think it makes more sense, and it would have been I, more fair yeah. to the to the viewer. I think I think what the filmmakers wanted to do. I think they wanted to give you the emotional victory. Yeah. And, no, exactly. And that exactly. that was so. I understand why they did it. I understand they prioritized the emotional victory over yeah. being uh, having a tightly knit plot. Yeah. And if you're the person, if you're the type of viewer or audience member that can't get over that, then yeah. you know that's just how it is. But I think if you're willing to overlook the yeah. uh, strange plot discrepancy and the fact that they weren't true, they weren't. It didn't have internal consistency. Yeah. I think. Like me personally, I can overlook the internal inconsistency and yeah. just enjoy 
the emotional victory for yeah. what it is, you know, just to enjoy. He got his happy ending. The movie ends with him and Peggy yeah. in the past having that dance that they promised each other. Yeah. And, you know, you can enjoy that as a happy ending. Yeah. But at the same time, I can understand the intellectual part of me understands that, hey, that that's not how time travel works. That's not even how... That's not how they set up time travel. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. not how the time travel you explained works. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I would have... That I just thought of that could have been acceptable to was... If they sent him back, and then the thing that comes back is like just a note or something that just explains, I've decided to stay back here. Like, again, that I think that conflicts with... The, it still conflicts with the idea of, is this really what Cap would do? But, yeah. you know, it makes more sense if he just decides to live in an alternate timeline with Peggy, you know? Yeah. And he just stayed there. Then I would have been like, okay. Or even if it was an accident and you flash back to the scene and he goes, well, I'm trapped here now, so I guess I'm just going to have to be with Peggy. Yeah. Then I would have been like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would work too. He's yeah. Like, he made lemon out of lemonade, but at but least if, he got it. If they had done that, it would have been hard for them to... for the. For, it would have been hard to explain how would Sam get the shield or how would, yeah. you know, the the other characters wouldn't get the closure that the viewer would get yeah, because yeah. they wouldn't be able to see or understand yeah. that. It was It's a tricky thing. Yeah. It's a tricky thing. It is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, do you have any thoughts on where they're going? So I think we know a few of the movies that they're developing or will come out. <laughs> I mean, obviously the next one will be Spider-Man. Yeah. And they've already uh, announced be a Black Doctor Panther Strange, two, more Black Panther, more um, and probably yeah, more of those. They also announced uh, Shang Chi. Did they? Yeah, it's on. It's in development. They oh. got a director and a writer already. I forget okay. who it is, but uh, I was talking to Justin Chuan um, the other day, and he said that he thought pretty well of those uh, of the director, director. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think he was familiar with the people that they hired. So. Okay. Hopefully that bodes well. Shang-Chi, if you guys don't know, is a character created back he's, in the 70s at the yeah. height of the Kung Fu craze. So he's basically... He's basically Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. <laughs> he's, if Bruce Lee was a superhero. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a super spy, so it's kind of a cross between Bruce Lee and James Bond. Yeah. He's uh, one of the few Asian characters that yeah. unfortunately is a, kind of a stereotype of an Asian character. <laughs> you do your best to make yeah. your... You, you do what you can to make yeah. the best of it. Yeah, you know, so own it. I hope own it. I hope it turns out well. Yeah. I got. I'm definitely rooting for that. Yeah, they're working on an Eternals movie. Okay, that It'll could be, be interesting too. Interesting to add to the diversity of like species that exist in the Marvel universe. Yeah, because so far we've we have like aliens and we have like mutants, but mm-hmm. I mean, although I I can't really say what an Eternal really is. Well, <laughs> I, I guess I could. But. You could, but I don't know if. We need to explain that. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Now. That's that's a conversation for different <laughs> But yeah. Okay. So And who knows what they'll end up doing with the properties they reacquired from the Fox acquisition. Yeah. That that I imagine that is gonna be a little farther down the road before they start introducing the X Men or Fantastic Four. Yeah. But I do feel like that's kind of an ace in their pocket too, because yeah. they've already done the Avengers and they've like they took like B list properties and were able to make gold out of yeah. it. Yeah. So imagine now that they have like the full. They got Wolverine. Know, box. Yeah, they got Wolverine, <laughs> right? Um, Everybody yeah. loves Logan. Yep. So. Any other thoughts? 
Um, nothing that immediately jumps to mind. Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on? Uh, I did also want to give a little shout out to the Carol Danvers moment in the movie mm-hmm. where, you know, there's a moment where their capital ship comes down and Thanos is, he's, he's just making a desperation play and he just decides, I'm just going to have them fire on everybody, yeah. even my own people. So the ship is like up in orbit and just shooting at everybody. And, you know, we think that it's all going to be over. And Captain Marvel does come out and, um, yeah, she she basically just destroys the ship. Yeah. <laughs> so I do think that was a cool little scene. Uh, it's a good demonstration of sheer unbridled power. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I thought I'd give a little shout out to that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That was a that was a fun moment, too. Yeah. That was a fun, like, good moment for Carol Danvers. Did you have any thoughts on where the movies will go from here? Yeah, I I I I still think that I think they're gonna go kind of in the all new, all different route, mm-hmm. or or that which was that Marvel Comics initiative where we got to see different versions of the heroes that we knew. So I do think that you think they'll just form a new group of Avengers or something. I don't else? think it'll be anything that they're gonna do anytime soon. They might let that property rest for a little bit. Yeah, but. I could, you know what? I could see them taking a little while to take a break, and then eventually building up to a new series of movies somewhere down the road. They'll or, probably do a good amount of self-contained movies, and then eventually have them intersect yeah. with each other. They'll make it an event to be like the Avengers are back. Yeah. You know, one thing I do wonder is is what kind of threat are they gonna face that'll be big enough to yeah bring everyone together again because as we said the infinity stones theoretically yeah. should no longer exist in their yeah. timeline so that can't that can no longer be a MacGuffin that everybody's chasing so what else is going to be powerful enough that they'll have to deal with the fury of paste pot pete Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> one of zach's favorite characters paste pot pete <laughs> He's in case you guys don't know, gun. yeah, he's, a, he's just a dude with a glue gun. <laughs> Look him up on Wikipedia. Yeah. He's pretty funny. Yeah, the menace of Pace Pop Pete. I did think that um, what I wanted to see for a post-credit scene that would have been funny was the aftermath of the battle, right? Where you yeah. had all the craters, all these smoking husks of things, <laughs> all the you know, it's just all this massive destruction, yeah. right? And everything's been laid waste. And you see this mysterious cloaked figure overlooking it, and he's just like, you don't see his face or anything, but you just see him walking and observing it. Yeah. And he just says, okay, Thanos, you've had your shot. Now it's my turn. <laughs> and then the camera slowly pans up, and you see Jake Gyllenhaal put on the fishbowl helmet, and it's Mysterio! Mysterio! <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. That would have been a good end credit scene. <laughs> Uh, cool alright um, anything else you want to end with uh, I'm good on uh, thoughts I feel like I've said everything I needed to say about the movie but I want to give a shout out to uh, my friends at Beefy Co mm-hmm. um, they've uh, I've they've got a lot of great products and they've been helping me out uh, to promote uh, us here at uh, Between the Gutters. So, you know, uh, please visit their website or their Instagram and you can, uh, if you have, uh, 
you can check out the different t-shirts designs that they have or their plushes. Uh, that's B-E-E-F-Y-C-O.com. Beefy Co. Yep. Check them out. I also want to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Michael. Michael Lee, he uh, gifted us with a couple of Marvel mugs oh, recently. Nice. Yeah. One of our most avid listeners. Fun, fun, fun. Yep, we got to give you a shout out, Mike. Thanks for those mugs. He went on a trip to Japan and came back with some souvenirs You're for good us. good man, Mike. Thank you. You're nothing like mouth breather, Mike. <laughs> totally different guy. <laughs> Wait, that was from the... Uh... That wasn't from anything. I just needed something that started with an oh, okay. alliteration. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Peace.